Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hello, I'm Amanda, and I have an unhealthy obsession with Microwave Massacre. Connolly and I watch it like every freaking night. That's my fun fact tonight. Wait, please tell us more about Microwave Massacre. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, the lead character is the guy who was the voice of Frosty from Frosty the Snowman, the, the old Christmas cartoon movie. The Rankin-Bass which movies? Yes, I think. I'm pretty sure that's the guy. I used to watch but, those all the time. Yeah, so you think, you know, oh, that voice is familiar. Holy shit, it's that guy. Well, the iconic scene in the movie is he wakes up from a drunken stupor and he goes, I'm starving. Maybe there's something in the microwave. And he opens the microwave. <laughs> and he says, May's in the microwave. That's his wife. His wife, who he killed because, because he didn't like her cooking. <laughs> That's the most sexist bullshit. Would not fly today, but... It's so bad. It's, I would, it's he like would have comically me bad too, because I don't fucking cook. I, it, one thing about me, it's frozen, and it's going in the oven or the or the microwave. The like, microwave. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so he would have murdered me as well. Also, I'm Santa, and my uh, watching and rewatching obsession of all time of all time, is Bob's mm -hmm. Burgers. Hell I yeah. I love Bob's Burgers. I discovered the show in 2014 after a tragic event, and it was the first, it was the first thing in life that made me smile and laugh out loud ever since that tragic event. And I, it has been so close to my heart ever since. And anytime I watch it, I laugh out loud at the same jokes that I've seen over and over and over. I even say the joke because I have it memorized now because I've watched it so many times. I say the joke along with them and I'm laughing out loud. Like, which one? The turkey one? Oh, well, there's a lot of them. But the first one <laughs> that came to my mind that always makes me laugh is the food truck episode. It's where they are like, uh, they have a food truck and they go to this music festival to set up and they oh, have yeah. this performer on stage and she's like oil spill and it's making everybody sick <laughs> it's so funny like everything on that show is so funny and i know all the songs and yeah but i'm i feel like i'm a fake fan though because i still haven't seen the bob's burgers movie that is currently in theaters and i plan to do that asap I know. I want to see it too. I love that show. It is very comforting. I'm probably gonna and watch it, it tonight, TBH, because I actually haven't watched it in a while. Uh, I've taken oh. a little hiatus, I guess. Well, to watch on that, some then. other things for once. But you know what? Nothing's better than Bob's Burgers. So, well, have you watched any more Stranger Things since last time? Because I sure haven't. No, I still haven't seen season four at mm -hmm. all. But I feel like I know everything about the plot already from social media and i'm still obsessed yeah. with running up that hill 
<laughs> Running up that building. Mm. Yeah. I'm obsessed. If I only could make a deal uh, with God. Yeah. Musical corner. If I only could. Shook. Paranormal podcast. Yeah. Sorry. No, I love it. We'll probably edit that out. And sorry for anyone who has listened to episode one and you could hear my attempts at fixing the millions of my pops from pop. episode one because I tried, but pop. nothing beats a pop filter. Getting audio right the first time, not having to fix it in post yeah. is what we're doing now. We, we be about that life. Yeah. Well, Santa, do you want to mm. tell us what story had you shook this week? Shaking in your boots? Yes, actually. Mm. And it was a last minute decision. I'm not going to say how last minute, but it was a last minute decision on the story. I, I have a lot of different ghost books and stuff, and I'm always trying to get more ghost books. Send me some books. I'll get a P.O. box. Send me some books. I don't care if they're new or used or whatever. I don't care if it's yep. the fucking Necronomicon. Ah, Send it. We love that too. Did you watch the, <laughs> did you watch the Ash versus Evil Dead? Yes, I loved that so show. Good. That show was, was so, so good, good and I wish that it, they were still making episodes because it was know. hilarious. Bruce Campbell, we love you. We love um, you, Bruce. We love horror in addition to... We actually honestly probably love horror more than we love ghosts, but yeah. we also love ghosts and other supernatural beings the nice ones we don't we don't love demons but anyway so the story that i will be sharing today it takes place in a similar time period of my previous stories and this is actually the story of how the modern spiritualist movement began in america this is oh. about this is about the two individuals who basically started the whole thing off and <clears throat> they are the fox sisters megan and K not megan yes megan fox transformers <laughs> robots and just yeah megan fox actually started the spiritualist movement i love megan fox me too she yeah i want to watch jennifer's body again that was a good movie oh it's such a good one that movie is iconic Anyways, she's a queen. We love you, Megan Fox. We love you, Megan Fox. But this isn't about you. This is about the Fox. <laughs> yeah, what are their real names? <laughs> the Fox sisters, Maggie Fox, Maggie Fox, and Kate Fox. And they were children in the 1800s. And so there's not solid, solid evidence as to what their exact ages were. In one book that I have sourced my information from called Chasing Ghosts by Mark Hartsman, he says that Maggie was 11 and Kate was 9. But in this other book, Ghostland by Colin Dickey, my fave, he says Maggie was 15 and Kate was 12. Uh, so up in the air on how old they were three they, years apart but they were three years apart and they were sisters and they were kids so maggie and kate they lived in hydesville new york and they lived in a really small wooden farmhouse that was basically a shack i don't really know if it was a shack but was it, it a radio shack 
it what it wasn't because I don't think they had electricity or anything, but they it is Rest often RIP Radio Shack. RIP. But it's often described as a shack because of just how small it was like the small wooden house, but it did have a cellar. So it's not really a shack. They had recently moved there in December of the previous year. So December of 1847, they moved to Hydesville, New York into this farmhouse. And then in March of 1848, they started hearing ghostly noises all about the house in the night. So Kate and Maggie told their mom, Mrs. Fox, about the sounds that they were hearing in the night. <clears throat> and Mrs. Fox tried to find the source of the noise. Like she was, you know, turning the house upside down, trying to, trying to find a reasonable explanation, like a tree branch hitting the window or something. An air vent or something. Did they even have air vents then? I don't know. But <laughs> creaky floorboard, IDK, <laughs> anything. But there was no explanation for the knocking sounds. It was mainly knocking sounds that were being heard. Doors slamming and stuff like that. But the knocking sounds were the biggest thing. Like that kind of stuff. And then one day on March 31st, the youngest sister started talking to the spirit and she addressed the spirit as Mr. Splitfoot. Splitfoot. See a doctor about that. Right. She basically said, hey, Mr. Splitfoot, copy what I'm doing. And she would knock in a pattern and then he would do it right back. So they were basically playing Simon Says back and forth with the knocking. So at that point, when their mom, Mrs. Fox, witnessed the back and forth of the Simon Says with the knocking, she started asking questions to the spirit and trying to, she was asking questions like that the spirit could kind of respond with knocking to be like yes or no or numbers and things like that. And one of the first questions she asked was, how many children do I have, Mr. Splitfoot? And he knocked seven times to indicate that she had seven children. And she actually only had six living children, but she did have a seventh child who died. Oh so, my. So when, when she received that information, she was like, whoa, how would anyone know that? You know? That's pretty crazy. Not gonna lie. Yeah. And then Mrs. Fox talked to, I don't know if it was a newspaper or something. She sat down and basically gave her account of her exchange with Mr. Splitfoot. And she said, I then asked, is this a human being that answers my questions so correctly? There was no rap. I asked, is it a spirit? If it is, make two raps. Two sounds were given as soon as the request was made. I then said, if it was an injured spirit, make two raps which were instantly made, causing the house to tremble. I asked, were you injured in this house? The answer was given as before. Is the person living that injured you? Answered by raps in the same manner. I ascertained by the same method that it was a man aged 31 years, 
that he had been murdered in this house and his remains were buried in the cellar, that his family consisted of a wife and five children, two sons and three daughters, all living at the time of his death, but that his wife had since died. So she had, she figured out some deets about him by just asking questions and getting knocking responses. And so eventually word spread around that they had this, this crazy phenomenon going on and neighbors started to kind of gather and try to see what, what was going on and see if they could communicate with it. And in one of the attempts at getting information from the spirit, they found out that Mr. Splitfoot was a peddler and his real name was Charles B. Rosna. And he was killed on a Tuesday night at 12 o'clock. And in this book, I have a quote about how they found out that information. So one of the neighbors who had come to visit to try to communicate with Mr. Splitfoot gave this account. I inquired if he was murdered for money and the knocking was heard. I then requested it to rap when I mentioned the sum of money for which it was murdered. I then asked if it was 100, 2, 3, or 4, and when I came to 500, the rapping was heard. All in the room, they said they heard it distinctly. I then asked the question if it was $500 and the rapping was heard. I then asked it to rap my age, the number of years of my age. It rapped 30 times. This is my age, and I do not think anyone around here knew my age except myself and my family. So that, that was another account of getting information from Mr. Splitfoot. And so on April 1st, which was, we've kind of jumped around in time, but on April 1st, which was the day after Kate had her first communication in front of everyone with Mr. Splitfoot, her dad, Mr. Fox, and a few neighbors uh, started digging in the cellar looking for those remains that they heard about. They didn't find anything in the cellar during that attempt to locate the remains, so fail. But then Kate started communicating with Mr. Splitfoot without her having to... The way that she was communicating originally was she would snap her fingers and then he would reply by knocking. Ah. And then she started doing this instead of actually snapping. And then he would still respond to her. And then they gained the knowledge that he could see and hear. So he could see what they were doing as well and understand. Wow, that's cool. And so that summer, Mr. Fox and the neighbors went back out, you know, to dig some more. And I don't know if it was in the cellar or just somewhere on the property, but they did find some hair, like human hair and bones on the property. Again, not sure if it was in the cellar or in the yard, but they did find it. Found some bones. And then Yikes. also later in 1904, an actual skeleton was found within the walls of the house. What? Like a whole ass skeleton yeah. just chilling? <laughs> yeah. I don't know much more about that skeleton 
and who that belongs to because it doesn't go into further detail in in my sources but i'm curious to know if that has been fine at all or if they just were like well we found a skeleton let's bury it <laughs> like i don't know so weird and so basically they were they were starting to really get a lot of attention uh around those parts and their older sister leah she was a single mom and she was out here struggling and she thought hey my little sisters i could really i could really be their momager and i could really chris jenner this situation <laughs> and so she got them started with actually going and doing appearances and stuff like that uh so they could get money and fame and stuff and that was great because they started making money they were making like a hundred to 150 dollars a night uh doing their appearances and events and stuff that's a lot of money yeah that was a lot of money but they had people in the science community that were very skeptical and they suspected that maggie the older sister was the one who was the source of the knocking somehow and mm. they believed that it was something she was doing with her foot or something on the floor and so they asked them to come in and be evaluated mm -hmm. and so they came in they agreed to do it they came in and sat with the physician and they basically went through their whole routine communicating trying to communicate and stuff but he made them sit with their feet up so he could basically see everything that they were doing yeah and nothing happened no shenanigans with the feet yeah no no communicate well no communication occurred during that evaluation and so the physician oh was like, i see yeah so the physician was like well uh that's all I need to know to know that they are charlatans. So they're a bunch of fakers after all. Seems or like. It seems like. But despite that, though, despite the that being a fail, the evaluation being a fail and seems like it would have exposed them, they still had a lot of support from the spiritualist community and people that just were really interested in what they were doing. They still had a lot of believers, so that really, that incident didn't affect them at all in the slightest. They still had such a huge following of, you know, lots of famous people, including Queen Victoria. Wow. Yeah, they had lots of, lots of people that were really, really into what they were doing. Queen Victoria, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he was a really big supporter of them. Harry Houdini as well. He keeps coming up. Yeah, I have a I have a Harry Houdini quote. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a shook paranormal podcast Santa story segment without fucking Harry Houdini being involved. Can he be our unofficial mascot? Yes. Besides besides our three cats. Yes, Harry Houdini. Work him in somewhere every episode. I can do it. Can and will. <laughs> So Harry Houdini, he wrote a book uh, called A Magician Among the Spirits, and it's kind of like an autobiographical thing. 
that he wrote that I really want to read now, and I'm going to soon. It's, I, it's in my Amazon cart right now. He said, John Fox and his wife appear to have been of the good, honest, but not mentally keen type of farmer folk. Of the two, the wife was the more simple-minded. And when the nervous, superstitious woman began to hear unusual noises, which she could not account for, and which seemed in some peculiar manner connected with her children, she concluded at once that the sounds were unnatural and began to brood over the matter. Her fears increased with the persistent recurrence of the mysterious sounds, and before long, she took some of the neighbors into her confidence. They were as puzzled as the mother. The fox home became an object of suspicion, and the neighborhood set itself the task of solving the mystery. The possibility of duplicity in such children never occurred to anyone in Hydesville. So Houdini actually, like, he believes them to be fakes mm. but yeah he's sympathetic to them i don't believe you but keep doing you right he's <laughs> like he's like i'm sympathetic to the fact that you're just simple farm folk and you didn't know no better that was you probably didn't see me when you said simple minded i was like <laughs> excuse mm -hmm. you what no they didn't know Rude. no better like they they're just simple farm folk they ain't never been out of hidesville not hardly. They oh my god, they I hate even never been to hardly. Rochester. So they they were believed by the majority of people for a long time, but also had many skeptics as well. And then eventually, in 1888, uh, when everybody was old or dead, uh, Maggie. Uh, went to a spiritualist conference in New York and she confessed to it all being a scam. Yeah. So basically, she said, the wrappings are simply the result of a perfect control of the muscles of the knee, which govern the tendons of the foot and allow actions of the toe and the ankle bones that are not commonly known. Such perfect control is only possible when a child is taken at an early age and carefully and continually taught to practice the muscles which grow stiff in later years. And to prove that, to prove it, she took off her shoe and demonstrated exactly how she made the knocking noises with her foot. Heckin' bamboozled. Yeah. And she said, Katie and I were led around like lambs. All during this dreadful life of deception, I had been protesting. I have always rebelled against it. I have been going to expose it time and time again. She was basically like a child star that had her, her older sister, Leah, was like her momager that was making her get the bag for the fam. Yeah. And she didn't want to do it. And She had enough. But she didn't I don't think she ever revealed this until let's see she waited at least until her husband died to share the information because her husband didn't want her to come out and tell the world mm -hmm. I think he just didn't want to be a part of dealing with yeah. the shame that would ensue but her sister Leah still 
like her sister Leah really wanted to establish a religion around spiritualism and she basically did that. So basically both of the sisters eventually got married and they also, both of their husbands died. So they got married eventually and had happy lives for a little while. And then they got widowed and then fell into poverty. But Leah was always very well off. But Kate and Maggie fell into poverty. And mm. she's like, let them rot. Because they, <laughs> they turned their back on me. But there's speculation about Maggie's confession too because Maggie was you know not doing well financially and you know all she ever made money doing really was this spiritualist stuff so some people say she got paid a good amount of money to be at that convention and she used that as her moment to to say that but then Later on, she retracted the statement. Like, she said, never mind, I was lying. Lying like, about lying. Okay. Yeah, she took it back later on. And the speculation, the, the biggest speculation is that she was telling the truth when she originally made the statement that it was a scam. But she realized that if she retracted the statement and tried to get back into the spiritualist community, she could make money. Yeah, she was tired of being broke. Yeah. And they didn't have they didn't have OnlyFans back then, so they didn't have OnlyFans to turn to or Feet Finder or anything. So not Feet Finder. <laughs> I have a friend who found herself <laughs> found herself on that foot Wikipedia. I forget what it's called. Wiki feet. Wiki feet. <laughs> He was like, what in the hell? I only know about WikiFeet because of <clears throat> H3 podcast and Ethan Klein. Because he's obsessed. To that. He's obsessed with WikiFeet. He's like number one <laughs> on WikiFeet. And he campaigns to be number one on WikiFeet. Oh. Like, and if he ever gets dethroned, he like, he sends his fans, who he calls foot soldiers, to go and like, get him back up to the number one spot. Oh my goodness, that is so we funny. We have no choice but to stand. <laughs> but also, I'll wrap this story up with a little interesting fact uh, about what became of the family home. The, yes, the shack. Tell us. Which isn't a shack. I keep calling it a shack, but we don't know for sure that it's a shack. But the farmhouse. What became of the farmhouse? So there's this really cool uh spiritual community called lilydale assembly in new york and i would love for us to travel there sometime because i keep seeing it referenced in a lot of books um, yeah it's like a lot of it's a, a community of mediums basically and it's they have a whole town and it's just for them it's just a quaint little village you know it's cool and it's definitely a place to go to, you know, see, see stuff. And so back in 1915, the Lilydale community had the Fox family's house uh, raised and transported 
to their community. They basically had, cool. well, they had it raised and they completely unassembled the house and then reassembled it on their property. But it stood there to memorialize the sisters and cool. it was really cool. And people would come there and, you know, pay respects to the sisters and they still do because there's a monument there still. But in 1955, the cottage or the farmhouse just like went up in flames. I don't know how it happened, but it burned down in the spiritualist well, community. Like who's, who did it? Who did it? Who did yeah, it? That sounds a little bit uh, sus. A little sus. Yeah, it's giving arson. But I don't know. That's alleged. I'm not saying anyone burned it down. But I am saying how else did it happen? Yeah. Spitting and facts over here. Yeah, so it burned down. And now all that's there is the little, like, monument plaque thing with, like, the information about them. But it's cool. People still visit the community and go uh, visit their the site of where the house burned. But, yeah, I thought that was really strange. What yeah. If, or if it wasn't arson, what if it was Mr. Splitfoot? What if Mr. Splitfoot was Had real all along? And he's like, he's like, fuck y'all for saying it was a scam. Cause he was trying to get his 15 minutes of fame too, but everybody else right. got it and not him. Damn it. Mr. Splitfoot was a lie. He's like, it wasn't a lie. You. Or what if Mr. Splitfoot was real all along, but they never actually communicated with him and he was just a ghost in the background. Like he was a yeah. ghost watching them make up antics like these bitches. And he's just hard <laughs> eye rolling the whole time. Like this is bitches. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't, you want a haunting? I'll show you a haunting, but actually I'm not going to show you. <laughs> I really went very far into my speculation there with that, but you know what? It's fine. You <laughs> that, gotta do what you gotta do. That was my shitty telling of the story of the Fox sisters who launched the spiritualist movement in America. And Not shitty at all. And you did a great job. And uh, yeah, I had heard of the Fox sisters before, but I yeah. didn't remember anything about them making a statement about them faking and then reneging on that. I don't, I don't remember that. So that, yeah. that's kind of, I had heard of them up. before too, but didn't know, never read anything about them. I just always hear, I've only heard references to them where people would be like, right. Oh, like the Fox sisters. And I'm like, who's the Fox sisters. Now we know. Now we know. Maggie and Kate. Not Megan. <laughs> Not Megan Fox. <laughs> But Maggie, Margaret, Margaret, Marjorie Stewart Baxter, <laughs> salad fingers. Okay. Quick anecdote about salad fingers. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that between our first and second date, first date being when I showed Connolly salad fingers for the first time and the second date being, uh, a week later where he learned how to play on the piano the opening to Salad Fingers. Yes. And that was when I was like, well, this is it. <laughs> yeah. That's iconic. We stan. Love Salad Fingers. 
Yeah, I mean, that's so romantic. And yes, I have heard this story before, but I could hear it a million times. It's great. And our <laughs> listeners have never heard it. And get you a man that can do both. And by both, I mean cook and play piano. Yeah. <laughs> like... Only two skills we need here. <laughs> and he's also really really smart and funny and all the things but he's the best i love get you, you it, it's also it's also an example of if he wanted to he would like that's, yes. a, that's like a prime example of that because it's like you tell somebody that you like something love something are interested in something and then they turn around and do something that thoughtful literally i turned into that guy whose jaw literally fell off because he was taking radiation medicine a long time ago. You'll have to look it up. It's a messed up story. But basically, my jaw fell off when he did that. I was like, excuse me. Did you just learn Salad Fingers intro theme song? I can't. <laughs> that is not only how you get the girl, but it's also how you get the support of the whole fam. Yeah. The whole squad. Like, Yeah. You can't argue with that. You can't. You can't and you won't. Yep. Key, key to all mm. of our hearts right there. That being said, if someone could do something like that for me at any point. Yes. That would be great. Just, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be that extravagant. Well, I'll have you know, guys. I just Santa. like thoughtful shit. Santa is a queen, and she needs to be treated like a queen. And that means she needs somebody who's willing to get in the trenches. And by trenches, I mean in the bed and snuggle up and watch Bob's Burgers. <laughs> that, that, is par that is part of the trenches, for sure. But yes. yeah, there's definitely trenches to trench. <laughs> trenches to trench. If, if you got what it takes <laughs> to trench the trenches, holla at your girl. I don't know. Or don't. Don't. No. I don't know. <laughs> well, she's this an amazing. Sounds like I'm, this sounds like an ad. An ad for slide into Santa's DMs. Don't do that. <laughs> at Santa Parker. <laughs> this is not an ad to slide into the DMs oh with gosh. anything. But I'm just... I'm saying this to put out into the universe manifest because I'm a very thoughtful person like that too. She like, is. I'm really thoughtful about just my friends even, like gifts for my friends or I don't know. That that video you made me for my birthday this year was like the best thing ever. <laughs> oh she my went gosh. into She went into our Facebook chat thread that we used to have forever ago and all of our correspondents were in the most ratchet filters of all time. <laughs> and we would just spill our tea to one another, dressed like cats and ghosts and dolls and whatever the hell they had on there. And it was the yes. funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, she needs someone who preferably has, you know, gift giving or acts of service in their love language, I'd say. Yeah, I would I would love to for once uh, receive gifts because I just be giving gifts. But... I don't need to receive gifts all the time, and I want to make it clear that I don't give gifts to receive them. I genuinely love giving gifts to people, and I love, like, whenever I am, 
like shopping online or at the store and I see something that reminds me of someone and if I have the funds I get it sometimes even if I don't have the funds I'm like I gotta get this plant for Danielle like gotta do it you know or something like I don't know it's the cross I bear but anyways enough about me being single and not getting gifts what story has you shook this week Oh, you really want to go there? You want to take it there? You want to know? I'll yeah. tell you. If you want to know what had me shook, I'll tell you what had me shook. The story that had me shook this week is called The Devil's Tree in New Jersey. Have you ever heard of this before? I've heard of it, but I you don't have? know the tea. I, I feel like I heard of it on an episode of The Unexplained, hosted by William Shatner, but oh my god, I love William Shatner. I could be wrong. It might not have been that. I think I might be thinking of a different thing that isn't a tree that's actually like a rock formation. So actually, never mind. Uh, you might be thinking of the same thing. I did discover in my research that there's apparently another devil's tree in Florida as well, but we just covered the skunk ape in Florida, so I decided I wanted to do something else. And I actively sought out a story that... I'd never heard of before. I just wanted to, you know, do a little dollop of, you know, something I ain't seen before. So I went, I went on the interweb machine and uh, was looking at famous hauntings in all the different states of America. And apparently one of the most haunted or rather not even haunted spooky locations in the state of New Jersey is this devil's tree. So the devil's tree, it's an ominous looking 250 plus year old oak tree. It's located in a large yet undeveloped field in uh, off of Mountain Road in Somerset County, specifically Bernard's Township, New Jersey. And the infamous tree has been burned and covered in, in graffiti. It's also has It also has dead limbs and scars of various attempts that people had made trying to axe or chainsaw this tree down and what's crazy is in these 250 plus years this tree despite everyone's efforts has never come down it'd it be staying it's staying in the ground like they can't saw it or nothing it's almost like it 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 this bitch just don't want to go it don't want to go hell yeah that's what it feels like so the legend has it that Anyone who attempts to harm or disrespect the tree, they'll become cursed and and or meet an untimely end or face some sort of consequences that are not the most fun. So according to locals, there is a legend that there was a farmer who massacred his entire family after taking them on a picnic. And then he decided that he was going to off himself. He was going to hang himself from the tree off of one of its massive Wait, he murdered limbs. his whole family? Yes, it was a murder suicide took situation. Them, took them on a took them on a picnic and yeah, they at least got their last meal, according to this. But unfortunately, Santa, this is where it kind of made me feel upset. Uh, I couldn't find any news articles or anything like that corroborating this claim, so it may be just that a legend. I don't know, but yeah, so. While some say that this unholy tree is just that of the devil, others say that it's merely cursed by the evils of man. So in addition to this murder-suicide claim, there's also been uh, a troubling history surrounding this tree. This is the icky part. 
it's upsetting to me because apparently this spot was a hot spot for the Ku Klux Klan. It was a KKK hangout and they did their demonstrations, AKA lynching African Americans, just awful using this tree. So they, there was one branch that was longer than the others and that's where they would conduct their bullshit. Yeah. Just not, not cool. There's a strange phenomenon about this tree and it's that it allegedly radiates this permanent warmth. So even in the freezing cold winter months when it's been snowing, no snow will land or stick around it. And it's believed that the, the warm temperature that the tree gives off, it comes from the many souls that have now perished and now haunt the tree. And you mentioned a rock. So apparently there's also a rock that's right in front of the tree that's said to be warm as well. And they believe it's a portal to hell. Good oh times. God. So I'm just going to go and read off a bunch of eyewitness accounts that I found on primarily weirdnj.com. And then there was another website called mrlocalhistory.org. There's an account in there as well. So this is where it gets pretty reading heavy. Here we go. One visitor of the Devil's Tree said, There's a big field, and right near the road, there's the tree. It's the only thing in the field. Supposedly, it's a portal to hell, and a sentinel guards it. He drives an old, black Ford pickup truck, and he will chase you down the road until a certain point. You'll see his headlights one second, and then the next thing, nothing. The car's just gone. Thought that was kind of weird. I looked yeah. into it a little further. And apparently there's just this local who ain't got time for it. He doesn't want people harassing this tree. So he gets in his truck and does it. And I'm guessing because of the fact that it's on a mountain, there's probably switchbacks and, you know, tall grass and whatnot. So whenever he just goes out of focus, it's probably him just turning around and you can't see him. So whatever. So you can take that account with a grain of salt. Another Devil's Tree visitor said, the following to freak ourselves out sometimes my friends and i would drive down the road at night telling ghost stories when the moon is a full red harvest moon and the wind is blowing just right it looks like there might be bodies hanging from the branch slowly swaying in the breeze rob s mm -mm. told us that yep oh and i need to send you some photos i want to see this i had them on the ready so I just sent you some photos of the dev a photo of the devil's tree, and then you're gonna need your brightness on your phone all the way up for this other one. I'm not sure if it's exactly what the photo was or if it's a replication of it, but I'll touch on that. Another name, Steve said, at the time of our arrival to the devil's tree, there was a six foot noose hanging from the big branch, which extends out from one side. We noticed what looked like claw marks from a person or a very large animal. To get a better view, myself and a friend climbed up the tree to see if any unique marks were further up. After we climbed up, we were sitting on the branch trying to remove the noose. As we sat on the branch, we began to hear noises coming from inside the tree. Ah! When these noises grew even louder, a big bang sounded and a burst of energy came from the tree, sending myself and a friend flying into the air. When I crashed to the ground, I landed on my ankle, breaking it in two places. 
Uh, not a fan of that. Steve K. It's giving demonic. Yeah, so mm, we'll see. So on a similar note, <laughs> there's another experience that someone had. They said, uh, we have all heard the story of not messing with the devil's tree. So we were smart and didn't mock it. We went right next to the tree and put our ears next to the bark. We heard sounds of screaming and children playing. Matt W. That kind of fucks me up. I don't I don't like the screaming and I definitely definitely don't like the children playing cuz you know demons like to pretend. Mhm. Use children as, you know, a scapegoat. So Here's a, an anonymous story that I found. Me and my friends were all contemplating going up to the devil's tree. I had been up there one time before, and a truly weird thing happened. It was about November or December when I was first told about the devil's tree up in the mountains. I was told, don't touch it or something will happen to you or your car. I had just had my car serviced, though, and I had a new fan belt installed. We went up to the tree and noticed that all of the snow around it was all melted. After we had touched the tree and gotten back on the road, a black truck with some very bright lights started tailgating me like crazy. I was doing 85 miles an hour down a very winding road. I was scared. All of a sudden, the truck light disappeared, and my fan belt snaps, and I had to pull over, reluctantly. I was scared, but relieved that it was all over with. Then, just last week, we went up to the tree with a bunch of friends. We all went up and touched the tree. We even took a Polaroid of the tree with a flash. When we got back to the car, the picture had developed. To our astonishment, there was a lady in a red dress on the right side of the tree. She was hanging from what looked like a brown noose. We were all so freaked out. We were awestruck. We plan on going back up there very soon. Not we plan on going back up there. Very soon. Uh, yeah, not not the return visit. <laughs> yeah. And that picture that I sent you that I told you that you need to see the brightness. Yeah, is that the Polaroid? I don't know if that's the Polaroid. It was the only photo happening. I could find. It oh. looks just like a bust of a woman with like a black mask of some kind yeah. over her head, like a hood. It, yeah. It's definitely it's not like clear that it's what they're describing but yeah i wish i wish it was obvious that it was a polaroid with you know the trim yeah and everything. the way that they I, have I wish it I could cropped tell. is kind of weird yeah but it's implied that that's what the photo looked like and you know i could see the dress like the puffy sleeve yeah it kind of looked like it was giving hand see the rope as well yeah so this experience uh it's pretty long. I'm reminded of an incident which occurred about eight years back when I was in high school concerning the devil's tree. We had all heard the legend of this infamous spot, and there was much talk of it around my school. One night, my friends and I decided to pay it a visit and see for ourselves how true the legends were. We headed out and came upon the tree. We all began to have very bad feelings and decided to scrap our idea of actually getting out of the car and approach the scene. We turned around and left without incident. About a week or so later, the talk of the tree began to escalate, 
and one of the kids in the popular crowd began saying that it was all a bunch of bullshit. A few days later, his mind would be changed forever. This guy and a carload of other rowdy types decided to go up to the tree that weekend. On Friday night, they began their journey up the mountain to see what it was all about. A friend of mine was in that car, and his story is as follows. Apparently, after cruising back and forth several times, the kids were getting bad vibes and wanted to leave. The kid who was driving, and who was the one proclaiming in school that the story was bullshit, became angry at the wimps, quote-unquote, for having bad feelings. He stated to his friends that he was going to prove, once and for all, that the story was nothing and he wasn't phased by it. He pulled his car over on the side of the road right before the bend and got out. Marching up to the tree, he began yelling challenges to the so-called spirits. Nothing happened, so to further prove his fearlessness, he pulled down his pants and urinated all over the base of the tree. Ooh. That... You, no. You don't do that. <laughs> is, is this man still even alive? Bruh, I don't know, but... Because... That's trifling. That is trifling behavior. That's the most bro thing I've ever heard. The most wannabe, macho, just bullshit. Like, it's so, like, idiotic and disrespectful. Like, like whether this tree is haunted or not, or cursed or not, doesn't matter. You don't try it like that. Like, pee wherever you want to in the woods, obviously, but his intentions were to be, like, rude and disrespectful to hey. the deaths of people who died there. Like, because that, it's a sacred, it's a sacred space regardless, like, of yeah. if, it's, if, if it's filled with demonic energy as well, like... Yeah, I don't get it. I think this guy is a total piece of shit. I mean, yeah. Must be nice to be able to just whip your dick out and pee wherever you want. Yeah, I wish I could do that. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> but yeah, this guy's a jerk, and we don't like him. We do not stand guy who said that this was a bunch of bullshit and peed on the tree. Okay, so he peed all over the base of the tree. Still, nothing happened. He muttered in, I told you so, and got back in the car. After starting the car, he began to drive towards the bend in the road very slowly. Suddenly, without warning, the gas pedal of his car became floored and the car sped up all by itself. Surprised at what was happening, the guy was unable to control the car and it skidded out and collided into a tree. The kids in the car sustained minor injuries, but the car was totaled. Serves you right, I guess. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I showed the stories of the devil's tree featured in your magazine to my sister. As I read the tales aloud, she became very pale. And I got to the part about the headlights, which follow you and then go out suddenly. I asked her what was wrong, and she replied, Oh my god. I went up there about a year ago and got chased by some big black pickup truck. It was severely tailgating. It was severely tailgating me, and when we got a short distance away, the light, the lights were just suddenly gone. She and I have never gone since then. Anonymous. Whoever does the hmm? the 
the chasing people away thing. He must have like a trail cam out there. I guess he must. But like everybody thought that that part of the story was just like a ghost. They call it, they called him the ghost truck, but looks like that's not a thing. So we can get rid of that. We can nix that. What I do think is strange though, is that this tree apparently always stands like it can't be taken down. That's interesting. Uh, I think it's interesting that the temperature uh, is always hot and that there's no snow there. The fact that people hear fucking screaming coming from the tree, that's kind of weird. But other than that, I don't really know what I believe about that. I kind of might want to chalk this one up to just like hearsay, (laughs) objection hearsay. Yeah. I went into the story, like I said, not knowing what I was going to get, but I was really hoping for more. Like, I was really hoping that the highlight wouldn't be that some kid pissed on the tree (laughs) and that his car got totaled. But that's kind of, like, all it gave, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Just just to cap it off, uh, I went on the Google reviews of this place. Not the Google reviews of the Devil's Tree. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so this guy named Andre S gave a three, he gave a three star review of this place. (laughs) He said, hold on, let me see if I could do a New Jersey accent. Do you think I can? You could try. If it's a flop, you can just like redo it normal. If it's a flop, (laughs) it's a flop. I don't give a fuck. All right. It's an old dead tree that has graffiti on it. Not much else to say. I don't really know the history behind it, but I stopped her along the way from a different town. Sorry. Let me do that again. <laughs> that was good, though. Okay. <laughs> Not much else to say. Don't really know the history behind it, but I stopped her. He meant to say here. I stopped here along the way from a different town to show an out-of-town guest interesting stuff along the way. The tree looks like... <laughs> The tree looks like someone has tried to chop it down in the past. This creates a little ledge. The people left coins on it. The grass is overgrown and old. And it was a bit muddy. Don't expect too much. But if you're into paranormal or ghost hunter, it might be a cool place to check out, but definitely have other things planned. Otherwise, this might be a bit disappointing. (laughs) Not just going to New Jersey just to go to the Devil's Tree. Like, I had nothing else planned. I was just going to go to the Devil's Tree and hope that God would take me. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully they at least planned. have. Hopefully they at least have Waffle House or you know, something, something comforting because we can't be just radiating or you know, can't just be sitting here and soaking up all this negativity. They don't even have a CVS. Oh no, they got those jug. Jug handle left turns, though. I don't think they have... You ever heard about that in New Jersey? Apparently, I've never been there, but apparently, you know, we've got the roundabouts. I don't know if you have roundabouts where you are. I hate, yes, I hate roundabouts. For the worst. I guess that's kind of what these are, but there's no such thing as a left-hand turn in New Jersey. At least it didn't used used to be a thing. Anyways, totally boring and irrelevant fact, but my sources were the Thrillist, Phyllis.com, Wikipedia, WeirdNJ.com, MrLocalHistory.org, and then uh, AtlasObscura.com. Also, a YouTube video by Prasine Mohan called 
devil's tree. Why so evil? So yeah, that's, that's my story. And like I said, I wanted it to give, I wanted it to give so much more, but that's, that's all I could squeeze out of it. And I hope. I wonder if there are any documentaries about the devil's That'll tree. That'll do. I think I saw uh, an IMDB thing about, I don't know if it's a, a documentary, but it was called the devil's tree, but that could have been about anything. And I didn't have time. Yeah, to I would really it. like to know more about it. Like I would be interested in going there. Let's go. I would go and there. touch and not piss on the tree. Yeah, we don't even have to do anything disrespectful. Did you know that you can go to places uh, where people have died and not do things that are disrespectful? Yeah. You can actually be nice. And I'm saying this as when we were at our photo shoot, I sat on a grave for one of the pics. But yeah. I felt like very, very bad about that and I did apologize to the, yeah. the man whose grave I sat on and it was very short I was like I can't do this but can't. yeah you just have to have good intentions going to places like that you can't be like I'm gonna pee all over it shout out Tinkeray with, with my tiny dick right <laughs> my tiny wiener <laughs> like you can't yeah uh if you're in Chattanooga and you want your pictures taken uh Tinkeray with True Capture Studios. Awesome. Yes, Tanqueray. And honestly, do you remember how... Okay, first of all, we were literally in the weeds, and you were singing, I'm in the weeds. And then the next day, yes. both you and I had awful, awful, awful allergies. Yes. The worst. I was like, sick the worst. for a week. For a week, dude, I got over it after a day, but not only did I have the typical allergy symptoms, I was so dehydrated, because mm -hmm. normally I'll drink, no joke, anywhere from a gallon to a gallon and a half of water a day, because I just be sipping on my water, and that day, I didn't have, I, I had hardly any water, so the next day, even though I was chugging water when I got home, that next day, my whole body felt so stiff. Like, I felt like a sponge who had been completely crinkled and just was trying to re-expand. That's how dehydrated I was. Yeah, because we were blasted by the sun and then fully rained on. Sorry, you weird. cut out for a second. We were what? We were blasted by the sun for a good portion of the day, which was super dehydrating mm -hmm. and dry. And we were wearing black. Yeah, we were wearing all black and... It was really hot, and then all of a sudden, we got completely, like, torrentially rained on. Oh, my gosh. That was a journey. And it soaked through our clothes. And we had we, – we didn't have enough water uh, no. on set. Uh, I think I under <laughs> – I think I underestimated how much time we were going to spend out there. Yeah. I think I maybe budgeted for, like, two or three hours, and we were there for, like – five it felt I, like I knew, a really long time I knew it was gonna be a long time <laughs> well I had my drink at uh the yellow deli shout mm -hmm. out yellow deli run by a cult I think um but delicious food mm -hmm. and that was the last thing I drank until actually if I'm gonna be honest after we got done with our photo shoot I was going down East Brainerd Road to go Stay with my grandparents for the night and uh, stopped at the Taco Bell, as I do. My favorite, which, by the way, Mexican pizza is already sold out. And I thought it was just at my location. And apparently, 
that shit's nationwide and yeah. i'm upset about it anyways but i chugged an entire mountain dew because i was i needed caffeine chugged a mountain dew and i chugged a dasani and i just <laughs> not a dasani not a dasani but yeah i just i lived my best life after that but i did feel like complete doo-doo the next day yeah worth I, it i was sick for a week and i wasn't even sure if i had like gotten a second round of COVID or what because of how long Ugh. it lasted like I was sick for so long like respiratory congestion everywhere I lost my voice remember you did but I thought you got sick like a week or two after we got back or was it immediately I got after sick twice I got sick when we I got I got sick immediately after we got back I had to like miss days of work and everything and then I was sick again around the time that we recorded episode one and my voice mm -hmm. was barely my voice was partially back but not all the way back I lost my Sounded voice two sexy. different times I know I miss it I miss well my after rasp. after you had COVID I'm pretty sure I had COVID I was sick as a dog for like two weeks like we're talking double vaxxed and boosted and I thought I was fixing to die yeah i thought i was gonna die when i had covid for sure i like really genuinely thought i was gonna die yeah it's scary it's no joke i was like wow this is how it ends crazy <laughs> like but i was bar like, i was bargaining with the lord like actually when i thought i was dying i yeah, yeah i was like please don't let me go out like this and then yeah. I drank a smoothie every single day and took turmeric every day and drank a bunch you of You encouraged me. I have turmeric now. I've started taking yeah. it. And tea. I just was pumping as much as I could into my body because I was like, I really don't want to die. <laughs> it's terrifying. Like All the times I've wanted to die, but then I was presented with the opportunity and then I was like, actually, I don't want to. I changed my mind. No. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it brief because I don't want to cry, but my uncle passed away and he had COVID when he died. He also had some other comorbidities and it, it was so sudden and like just devastating. And then a month later I got it and I was, I was like, well, this is it. This is it then. Like literally when you lose someone like that, you, you realize it's fair game. It's like you real. can just snatch anybody up. Yeah, because we, but before that, before your uncle, like, we were hearing about mm -hmm. people dying from COVID, and of course, there were all the people saying that it wasn't real, but then when so it dumb. actually affects you, you're like, okay, it's real. Yeah. Like, and my mom was also in the hospital with COVID. I remember that, yeah. She had COVID pneumonia, and it was really bad and really scary. She came she came out of that in a new a whole new with a whole new lease on life though. Like that's all I'm gonna say about that. Whole new lease. Cause she's gonna listen to this podcast. Hey Ma. <laughs> hey mom. Um <laughs> I'm cutting all that shit. But yeah. Love you, mom. Glad you survived COVID. Seriously, because yes. I can't lose another parent. I don't think I could cope. I'll adopt you. 
Yeah. If necessary. I would love that. I'm already on y'all's Netflix. <laughs> Are you? I'm on the I'm on the Netflix of your mom and Emily and your dad, and you have a profile on there too. Oh, okay. So that's our family Netflix. I'm not on that one anymore. Connelly and I have one, but that's hilarious that you're Emily on that. Emily put em- me on there. <laughs> Shout out to Emily, my sister. Shout She's out amazing. Emily. She put me on the Netflix, <laughs> and I really appreciate it because, uh, yeah, like just one less subscription. Any. Any less subscription because I have so many and like, especially with this podcast now, it's like subscriptions for all types of different shit or like with Canva, I'll just like pay for it and then, uh, cancel it and I let it expire. And then anytime I need it, I just get it again. You know, let me get it again. And that's kind of what I'm doing with most of my subscriptions, but like with Adobe, with Adobe, I'm locked into that shit. I can't cancel it at any point. Plus, mm-hmm. I don't want to because I'm actively using it. But right. even if I wanted to, I can't without having to owe Adobe like $150. Yeah, no thank you. Yeah, once you do it, you're once you start the subscription, you're like locked in for a year because you've mm-hmm. committed to you've pay. Committed to it. Yeah, so it's not like... It's not like other girls. It's not like other subscriptions. I'm not like other girls. No, Emily, though, no. true Stan, she's always like, do you want my password for blah, blah, blah? Like, she got, she gave me her yes. subscription to uh, Discovery Plus, which, honestly, if I could have one streaming platform, it would be Discovery yeah, Plus. Yeah, they have I, all the I'd paranormal content. On Ghost, yeah, I'd be staying on Ghost Adventures. And I love uh, Discovery <laughs> the Plus. Skinwalker, Skinwalker the Skinwalker Ranch. Ranch documentary is so good. I can't wait to cover that. Oh my god, don't be digging now. (laughs) One thing they're going to do is dig after they said that they were not going to dig. I know, it's trifling. But anyway, thank you, Emily. We love you. You're the bestest. Yes, I also am on her Funimation account as well. (laughs) Right, she's a queen. anime. Uh, Can we shout out Stephanie? Yes, oh my gosh, Stephanie. BFF Stephanie, we love you. She has an amazing she shed that is horror themed. She's an art teacher and a true artist. She literally created her own little haven of all things Halloween, all things spooky, and it's the coolest thing ever. Yes. It, I like to call it Stephanie's Horror Museum because it's a museum in there. Like, she has such cool stuff. Like, she has just, she has merch like Mm -hmm. prop replica type stuff like she has an old tv and she also has like a vcr and a bunch of vhs tapes and a all vhs tapes and it's also where she does her art stuff for making well she does a lot of different art projects but one of the coolest things that she does which lots of cool things but this is my favorite. She's working on a miniature of a video store, mm-hmm. um, like an old like 80s, 90s style video store. And she's made miniatures of like a bunch of VHS tapes with like all the it's incredible covers and everything. And it is like, it's a dream. It's simply a dream. And I can't wait for people to see it. She finally like started a TikTok so that she could share the miniature stuff. What is her TikTok? Oh yeah. Stephanie.says. Yeah. Stephanie.says on TikTok. She's, she's been documenting her horror museum 
She Shed Horror Museum. And she also shows us some of her miniature stuff as well. And then she recently also launched an Etsy store called yes, Stephanie finally. Makes Things. Stephanie Makes Things. Yes, and, get at it. And she's on Instagram under that same account as well. And I just purchased a really cute little magnet set uh, last night, actually. It was a magnet set of Morticia and Gomez Adams that she made. I love it. And they will be featured prominently on my fridge as soon as they arrive. Yeah, I can't wait. So yeah, if you like horror content, uh, anything spooky, Halloween related, uh, check out Stephanie's TikTok and Etsy shop. Yes, we love you, Stephanie. You're the bestest. Thank you. And just so you know, we will always love to shout out uh, any other creators who are doing yes. cool shit. So like if you listen to our podcast and you want to share your creations with us, we're most active on Instagram under yes. at shook podcast. And we would love to see any of your cool spooky creations or even just whatever cool shit you're doing. Share it. Yes. And of course, if you have a, shook story you want to share with us a personal encounter maybe your grandmother died and then came back but in the form of the constant smell of christmas cookies in your kitchen grandma is that you i don't know maybe you have a sleep paralysis demon named frederick uh <laughs> maybe you got abducted by aliens or so you thought but really you were just incredibly high you know, really anything like that. We want to hear about it. Yeah, so you anything. Can, you can send that to our order, or sorry, not our order form, but you can send that to our website, uh, which is shookpodcast.com. You can fill out a contact form there, or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com. Yes, please send us, send us uh, your stories, send us your creations, engage with us. We would love to engage with you shout you out on the podcast oh and i keep forgetting to say this please if if you like what you hear help us keep going review rate subscribe all that good stuff we would love to see it it would mean so freaking much yeah because we want to get a large enough reach so that we can do minisodes featuring all your stories. Yes. Like we want we want this to become a thing where we have entire episodes dedicated to allowing you to tell your stories one way or another. And yes. we can't do that until we get the reach and engagement. So yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more.